Hello everyone, welcome to the third podcast of Divergence by ACMW NITK. Here we have us Natri Mitra, a 2014 NITK graduate who went on to do a master's in management degree from ESSEC, France. She currently works at the United Nations headquarters in New York. We are very excited to welcome our special guest for today. Thank you so much for being here, Natri. Thanks, Sashin. I'm so, so, so happy to be here. Uh, it's been really nice connecting with all you ACM folks and just really excited to speak with you, Rakshit. So moving on to question, how did your college experience help you choose the role of design engineer at Allen T? Thanks, Rajita, for the question. Um, yeah, uh, so I did electrical and electronics engineering at uh, NIT Suratkal. Uh, so yeah, as, as Rakshat mentioned, I was uh, the 2014, uh, 2014 uh, graduate. And uh, honestly, I, I was not some star student or anything. I just, uh, going into my final year, I wanted to get placed early uh, because I wanted to try different aptitude tests and everything. So uh, based on that, LNT, Larson and Tubro Construction was among the first few companies that came to us. It was also one of the very few core companies uh, that came to us. So yeah. Uh, Without a second thought, uh, I sat for their uh, exams, and I think I was among the four people who got uh, recruited. So it was a no-brainer to take it uh, very early on my final year uh, course. So yeah, that's how it started. Uh, how my college experience helped? I would say culturally, I think um, it, it really helped because the transition from Mangalore to Chennai, my role was in Chennai, uh, was fairly easy. It was you know within the south, so. Uh, I think it was pretty easy to gel in. And uh, the academic rigor at uh, NIT Suratkal definitely helped me survive LNT because it was a very electrical engineer heavy role. Um, so, yeah, I, I think uh, conceptually also it, it did help. Um, in Lassen and Tubro, uh, I generally, I think I picked up a lot of new skills like new softwares and, you know, uh, it's in the construction uh, industry. So it was there were a lot of new new aspects that I learned from it. And it was also a lot more practical because you, know, you actually go into field and you see how it's done um, rather than you know how we study at NITK. Uh, it's a two-year program at Lassen and Tubro. Uh, so when they come to NITK, I, I think it's still the same. It's a first year, you're a graduate engineering trainee. The second year, you're a senior design engineer. Uh, yeah, the experience was good. Overall, I would say I think it, it really helped me understand it. it also sort of validated for me that I didn't want to stick to engineering. Uh, it was just not the best fit for my skills. So yeah, I, I did enjoy seeing my designs become into physical constructions. Um, it's a very different kind of joy to see that happen. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, the two years there was is great, but it also helped me validate that I want to move out of engineering. Uh, in continuation uh, with the first question, why did you choose the management route and what made you pursue uh, MIM over an MBA? Yeah, um, I, I knew I wanted to diversify into management pretty early on in my career. Um, I think in my two years there, uh, if, if anything, the one thing I, I really walked away with was uh, the experience of working with my manager, observing my manager, how, how he did his, uh, you know, how he managed our so many big, like large scale projects. So observing him and observing other managers as well, I think um, that's that's something that inspired me that uh, all of them had, you know, to progress their career, had done an MBA or had done an, a management course. So I was definitely, you know, um, really inspired by them. 
Um, in general, I think, at least this is my opinion, that management is, is a great stepping stone into other fields. So if you want to like move out of what you're doing right now and you want to diversify, you want to branch out, um, I think management is a, is a good way to sort of play around and see where you fit in. Um, so be it, uh, you know, if you want to try your hands in marketing, finance, um, consulting and strategy. So, so many different things that you can try and management is like a good uh, platform for that. Um, and it's also because I'm speaking to you guys from engineering, it's, it's not completely foreign or alien to uh, engineering because you still do, to a very large extent, use your analytical acumen. You do use, you know, a lot of math and data. Uh, so it's it's kind of connected, I would say. So it was a very natural course of action for me to move into management. Uh, not choosing an MBA, it was a very natural course of action again because MBAs typically uh, require over five years of work experience. Uh, they generally prefer seven to 10 year uh, work experience. So obviously coming right out of NITK in 2014 and you know working two years in LNT, that just didn't fit the bill. Um, MIMs generally, the masters in management, uh, MIMs generally need uh, zero to three years uh, work experience. So the class, the cohort is usually younger. Um, it's more raw. Uh, they, you know, they, they haven't already gone into the workforce as much. So it's it's a younger cohort. So that was just a better fit for me, and um, that's why I chose a master's in management. Uh, moving on, so why choose France for MIM, and how did you end up getting a full scholarship for the same? Yeah, thanks for that question. Um, I hope uh, you know. I think th this is a question I get a lot, and I hope when I answer this, it's sort of helpful to others as well. Um, so I did research quite a bit, uh, and while I was at LNT, like the second year of my LNT, I, as I said, like I, I knew I wanted to get out of it. I wanted to, you know, pursue management to, to some extent. So I had already started researching. So my role was in Chennai, right? And I, I think um, in Chennai, there's there's an Alliance Francais, which is really amazing. And I don't know if it's uh, even even Pondicherry, which is like a French uh, territory, and it's uh, there's a lot of French influence in Chennai as well. There's a very strong net, I would say, French community. Uh, so a lot of support uh, and resources out there uh, that I experienced at least in Chennai. So one of the things I started was um, I attended some of these education fairs that were being organized there. So from these education fairs, I got to know of ESSEC. Um, ESSEC particularly caught my attention because of its rank and also the admissions coordinator there. Uh, she was networking with a lot of uh, you know potential students and building a relationship with them. So I think that also helped. In general, if you start researching and looking more into the master's in management, you will see it is um, widely a lot more popular in Europe and also a lot more affordable in Europe. So uh, again, it was a no-brainer to you know sort of filter it down to Europe. And if you also go by rankings, um, I would say from the top five to top twenty schools in MIM, most of the schools are in France. Um, you know, it's not just ESSEC; it's also your HEZ Paris, um, uh, your INSEAD. You so many different uh, popular schools which are uh, French-based. So that sort of you know motivated me to uh, you know, drew me into uh, applying to France. Um, I don't know if this is worth noting, but I think it really comes into play when you start filing for your paperwork and your visas and stuff. But um, the relationship between India and France is really strong. Uh, the Indo-French uh, rapport is great. So there's a uh, after you complete your course, there's a really good buffer um, for you to find a job um, in Europe. So you know those kind of things really come into play when you get into the weeds of it. And um, there's also like an alumni visa and what are there so many different resources to help you the visa process is much uh, smoother 
so again it was a no brainer to uh, you know go uh, to france for my uh, mim for that um about the scholarship again i think um, if if you look up campus france which is uh, again it's very something that i learned from alliance francaise in chennai so campus france their website there are a lot of scholarships you can apply for from there uh one of the scholarships was the chart park scholarship so uh part of applying to esec uh, is you know you apply online and then you also go through an interview round uh once you get your admit only after you get your admit you can apply for scholarships uh so sometimes you can also ask your schools uh, for your the school that gave you an admit for a scholarship but you can also apply through other places so one of these campus france scholarships that clicked for me and that was actually pretty much the only one i applied to uh, was called charpak and that was around may june i think that's usually the timeline when after people already have their admits in hand um and it's a very generous scholarship um it's almost a full scholarship you get a stipend per month so it's excellent and uh, again i feel very very honored uh, and lucky to have got that scholarship um how did i score how did i get that scholarship i would say any application you know even if it's for uh, your school application um, or your scholarship application um it's it's important to have a, a good gpa and you know a good gmat or gre or whatever but i think they all are very holistically uh, they, they look very they look at your application very holistically so uh, everything counts uh, but i i personally think that essays are very very important um, that you know from everything your your gma gp everything your essays probably make the largest difference and i would like to think that's that's kind of what gave me my edge um, in my scholarship application it was really insightful So uh can you tell us about the internships that you took up and how they finally helped you in the long run how did your summer school at LSE mold your decision making um yeah thanks for that question so um uh, internships are of course a, a very common part of your uh, graduate studies even even undergraduate studies for that matter right uh so LSE uh, i think it was my third year of my college when I decided I wanted to try doing a summer school at uh, London School of Economics. Um, it was honestly my first exposure to graduate studies abroad. Um, I chose to do a course uh, in psychology and finance, and that uh, I just picked it because I wanted to try something different, uh, and that's why I did it. Uh, it is, of course, not a free course. You do have to pay uh, for your stay, um, pay for the tuition of that one course. uh that's how summer schools work and uh, it's it's a pretty easy application uh, as well if if anyone's interested uh but i would say it's worth every single penny because it really shows you um i think in lc summer school or any summer school it's it really shows you it's a it's a very brief but it's a very uh, nice glimpse uh, and a good taste and a feeler of what education abroad is uh, what is their method of teaching So yeah I I definitely noticed uh, that the LSE way of teaching was um a lot more interactive uh, you know very mature classroom a very uh, you know a very different style of teaching from what we experience at NITK uh, perhaps it's changed a lot it's it's been a while um, for me from 2014 uh, but you know it's it's just very different and there's a lot of uh, responsibility on you to learn the concepts and apply it in your exams So um that was my first exposure to graduate studies and that's what sort of again validated me that I probably want to do my graduate studies outside India and not in India. Um so going on to other internships uh during ESEC I uh I wouldn't call this an internship but another thing about ESEC is they have something called chairs. Uh, a lot of graduate programs have something like this which are sort of like corporate partnerships where you can 
uh, consult for or you can work with uh, a brand or, or multiple brands and you know try out different projects and uh, work with something else and you're studying and working at the same time kind of a thing so uh, the chair that i was part of was uh, called a leadership and diversity chair which has its own application process and interview round to get into um, it was a really really exhilarating uh, you know process and exhilarating uh, experience because I, I would even say probably my favorite part of ESSEC was this chair uh, because I got to meet and, and work with my favorite professor. Uh, I met amazing set of people. Uh, so it was really good. Uh, the role itself was uh, we as a team were creating a, a course for L'Oreal uh, which was based on diversity. So it was a very research heavy role. Um, we had to create a lot of uh, training materials, do a lot of uh, analysis and surveys and understand what is needed uh, in developing this course and making it successful. Uh, ultimately, I was also chosen uh, to go to this conference in Bogota as part of this uh, leadership diversity chair. So again, an amazing experience. So in the long run, I feel this exposure uh, was probably my first one with working sort of with a brand um, outside India, uh, but also it, I think in the long run, it really helped me in my presentation and training skills. Like till date, I draw upon those skills that I learned from this very short uh, exposure. Um, the other internship that uh, I did while at ESSEC was with a small brand called Wickbag. Um, it's it's a really, really uh, tiny brand, but it does amazing work in uh, supplying all the bags uh, to all major supermarkets in Europe, uh, so all of Europe, and obviously most of the suppliers coming from like Asia. So I think okay, this was like my first um, stint with uh, supply chain uh, management, and uh, it was amazing because you know I because it's a small firm, it's just like four or five people. You really get into the weeds of logistics and really get your hands dirty with it, and you know you're working sort of at a grassroots level uh, in understanding how it works. Um, you know from from production um, source to destination, all of it. So it was pretty amazing. My last internship uh, was after I graduated uh, in 2018 from ESSEC. Um, so yeah, I graduated in, in June, in July 2018. And that's like the next day I started my internship with the United Nations in the US. Um, it was a six month internship in their logistics division. I'm sure we're gonna probably talk more about the UN, uh, but this internship was, uh, you know, again, really really amazing but also at the point i it was a very big risk for me to take it up because again un internships are unpaid internships for the most part so it was a huge risk you know everyone around you uh, you're graduating from your masters everyone around you is taking up full-time jobs and you are taking this huge risk going into an unpaid internship which doesn't promise a career ahead um so it was a huge risk but i, I yeah now looking back at it it's it was an amazing uh, journey so yeah, those are my internships. That's really very nice. Product management, consulting, etc. are currently the most pursued fields under management. What made you stay in supply chain management? Right. Um, yeah, uh, I think that's really, really uh, fascinating a world, you know, the world of supply chain management. It's, it's growing. I, I know more professionals who are getting into it. So uh, during my uh, master's in ESSEC, I also did this exchange program at Kellogg Business School. Uh, so it was it was one quarter. And though I was studying master's in management in ESSEC, um, I went on to this exchange program was in an MBA exchange program. So I was my classroom was an MBA classroom. Uh, the course was an MBA workload. 
um, it was really, really intense. My experience at Kellogg in the US, like I would say tenfold from what I was experiencing in France for my master's. This exchange program, um, during this exchange program, I did this one course, which was uh, operation management. I, I have to tell you, I pretty much cried through that course because it was really difficult. But at the end of it, I felt I felt like really, really rewarded uh, for what I had learned because it was a very intense, a very beautiful course, um, difficult coursework, but really, really challenging. And you really learn a lot from it. So it was really insane and probably my first um, academic uh, you know, uh, exposure to uh, operation management and supply manage supply chain management. Um, when I went back to ESSEC, I decided, okay, let me do some more courses in this field. So I did some more courses and I was like, okay, this is nice. There's a lot of math involved. There's a lot of optimizing involved. And if you if you get to know me, you know, I, I love planning and organizing. So it's, it's sort of everything together in one place. So it's, you know, really uh, your demand planning and everything. So I was like, okay, this is probably something I can work with. The UN in general, um, it's it's a world of its own. It's it's a little bubble of its own. Um, it's a very different beast, and it does operate globally. So it has so many peacekeeping and special political missions that it supports from its headquarters in New York. So learning the supply chain uh, management aspect of the UN was really mind-boggling, and so inspiring that you know you to see that okay something small that you do here has like this domino effect and has has such a huge impact in what's happening globally in the UN. Um, it was so rewarding that I was like, OK, this is where I want to stay. And that's probably why I stuck on to supply chain management. And just to give you some perspective, um, you know, from planning to procuring every little item to um, optimizing how shipments reach the destination all worldwide, um, the vendor relationships that UN builds, um, and most importantly, crisis management um, amidst the pandemic. Um, I mean, something that, uh, you know, the vaccination programs that we've been part of. In all of that, uh, supply chain management is is so key to its functioning. It's it's so fundamental. It's such a you know important pillar um, that it, it was again. I, I was I was really motivated, and I knew that this is what I want to I want to stick to for now at least. I don't know if this is my future, if this is my uh, long term goal, but uh, at least for now, I'm I'm really enjoying it. That makes perfect sense. So uh, moving on, why and when was it that you chose UN instead of a corporate job? Yeah, um, thank you for asking. I do I do get asked that quite often. You know, like why the UN? It's it's so niche and uh, perhaps probability wise, you don't know that many people who who you know in your inner circle or outer circle who work at the UN. Um, I, I, I'm not very clear on this uh, answer because I would like to think the seeds of it were sown very early. Um, back in school, you know, I, I went I went to a CBSE school and I think uh, during my 10th to 12th, uh, I, I used to be part of like the model United Nations in school. So I wonder if that was where, you know, it was an early little idea that was planted in my mind. Uh, but yeah, especially during my master's, I was... I was very, very uh, aggressively applying, right? So in general, I was applying a lot. And that's something about uh, going, doing your master's outside India is, okay, in, in NITK, we have this, I don't know if you see it as a privilege, but it is it is actually quite a privilege that companies come to scoop you up and, you know, there's like proper placements uh, and, you know, there's actually a fight for you uh, and all of you in NITK. But when you go abroad, it's not like that. You need to apply yourself. You know, it's your motivation to uh, get a job. So everyone's sort of competing in in the same pool. 
Um, and yeah, so I was aggressively applying. Uh, I remember at some point in my master's, I stopped to see how many applications I sent out. I had sent out like 500 applications. Um, and that, that was a game. It was like, OK, waking up to many rejects, but hey, let's move on and keep applying. Um, so throughout my two years, I was aggressively applying. And I was also applying a large chunk to the UN. Um, the reason for that was if there was one thing I was you know, very uh, firm about is that I want to be associated to a brand that um, echoes my core values, uh, a brand that I feel pride to be associated to, basically. And it's uh, well known that, um, I mean, of course, we can get into the debate of it, uh, you know, uh, because there's so many challenges right now. But uh, the UN in general, is, it is a nonprofit. It is a noble brand. Um, it, you know, it works towards peace. It's extremely international. So uh, it was something that I wanted to be associated uh, to uh, very, very passionately. And uh, yeah, I also really wanted to get into the nonprofit. Um, I know most of my peers didn't, uh, but and, and I was also confused if this, that is the way to go, but I just kept aggressively applying. And, and finally, one thing clicked in its Department of Operational Support. Um, and that sort of tied uh, with, you know, tied into all my coursework that I had done in uh, supply chain management. So all of that together, I was like, okay, maybe, you know, this is fate or this is destiny. Uh, so that's just how things fell into place. Um, yeah, so that's kind of uh, why I chose the UN. Or rather, the UN chose me. I don't know. Um, that is amazing. So um, how was your experience at the UN so far? Um, yeah, that's uh, it's been three and a half years, including you know my uh, internship period. It's difficult to sum it up. Uh, but in general, uh, my sentiment towards it is that it has been really, really amazing. Almost like, I would say, really insane. I, I love it a lot. Um, it's it's been really really uh, the learning curve is really steep, right? Because it's it it has a it's there's a lot of complexity involved um, in the role, um, and um, my team is really supportive. They've been really amazing, and I think uh, something that really makes a big difference in your work is your manager, how your managers are, and I've got to work with many different managers, and each has taught me so much, um, has been such an incredible inspiration. Um, it's been uh, really good also. But they recognize you for your work, I would say, because I was able to travel as part of work too. Uh, this was, of course, before the pandemic. Um, I got to organize uh, like a conference in Uganda. Uh, I was able to spend like a month in Uganda. And I also go to Kenya, uh, got to go to Kenya for work for a long time. So it was really, really nice to uh, see how UN operates, not just in the US, but also in different countries, um, you know, with my own eyes. So uh, yeah, in general, it's it's a really dynamic workplace. Um, something I, I really appreciate about the UN is it's learning opportunities, not just work-wise, but also it you know, empowers you to learn different languages. Um, it, they, you know, I think you can really experience different, rather very diverse perspectives. Uh, there's, there's a very, very high level of diversity in the workforce which means that my colleagues are from different parts of the world. Um, they're from all over. Uh, and you know, I get to learn about new countries and new cultures every day. Uh, they also promote a lot of work-life balance. Uh, and generally, the work culture, and everyone's just very nice. Uh, the work culture is really healthy. So it's, it's, been, it's been a really, really um, amazing uh, experience at the UN. And uh, I wouldn't change it at all. Wow, that sounds wonderful. Since we have 
studied, lived, and traveled around the world, including Oman, India, Europe, Africa, the US, and many more. How diverse was your experience across the globe? Hmm. Again, a, a tough one because uh, I completely understand uh, to have experienced all of these different countries is is a huge privilege. It's it's a huge honor uh, to be able to do this. Uh, it's it's not easy, especially amidst the pandemic. You know, it's uh, I always look back and think, okay, I'm so lucky to have done these. Uh, so yeah, I think my experiences have been really diverse. Um, you you mentioned Oman. Oman is is where I did a large part of my school life. It's a really beautiful country. A lot of Indians. I pretty much you know grew up in a completely Indian environment. Um, it's a very easy, uh, laid back uh, country. But uh, you know my school was amazing. So it it was a really awesome experience there. Um, the U.S. has been a lot more intense. I would say the U.S. in general. You know. It, when I came to study here, now I'm working here. It's a lot more intense if you want it to be intense. Uh, so yeah, that's it's a completely different ball game. Um, France, for example, and Europe uh, in general, I would say uh, they are very, very heavy on uh, whatever language uh, you know, wherever you are, the language you need to learn. Uh, it's very culturally rich. It's a, it's amazing to travel around and you know soak up the culture everywhere. But France in general, my two years there. The emphasis on French was very, very heavy. Um, you have to learn French, uh, at least to some extent, uh, for your survival. So, yeah, I think my experience in each country has been really varied. Um, Africa, I mean, uh, you said Africa. I went for work, of course, but even in my short time there, you it really changes your perspective on things. You feel so lucky for the you know few things you have. Um, because you can see uh, the situation there is is not ideal, is far from ideal, and there's so much scope of development. So everywhere, uh, you know, every place I've been to has had something to teach. Has I've had something to learn, and um, it's it's been really really nice. Um, fair to say that there have been struggles in each chapter as well. Um, yeah, as I said, like in France, I, I you did have to learn French, so. From Chennai itself, as soon as I got my admission, I did start learning French early. So that sort of, you know, helped me a little bit overcome that uh, struggle of French. Um, in the US, when I said like, you know, it's more intense, um, I did have to put in extras. I pretty much had no life when I was studying or, uh, you know, slogging through my internship. I had like no social life, nothing. I, I like laser-like focus, just working on towards like one goal. Um, the weather's the weather can also be dramatic in in all of these different places and. In general, not having a social life or being away from your family uh, can have a can take a toll on your mental health. Uh, so there were struggles in each chapter, but you know each chapter I also I felt like um, I stepped out of from one chapter the, to the other, having learned a lot. So um, globally, culturally, everything it's it's just uh, been amazing, and I, and I highly recommend um, everyone to grab opportunities to travel and uh, see new places and uh, new cultures. Did you come across any other women having common experiences? You know, being a woman working in a large tech or business firms. Um, yeah. Uh, so it's 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 a uh, it's not a very straightforward answer to this because uh, so okay in in Larsen and Tubro, right? When I said I was among the four people to get recruited, uh, when I went for my orientation in Chennai, uh, so I was recruited as part of the power division. In the power division, there were. 200 hirees from all of India and from the 200 hirees I was the only girl like can you imagine 199 boys and one girl so I remember my orientation being the most awkward thing ever because everywhere I went like you know I, again 
was just treated so differently uh and it was it was a really it was a really weird experience and i couldn't believe that more women had i don't know either not been recruited or not joined and, and i kept like having exist- existential crisis like what what am i doing why am i here um i mean i don't regret taking it up but it was just a very different uh, you know you have like a different goggle as as a girl um so at work in general you know whenever i wanted to go for field visits or i wanted to go to the site there's always a lot of um I, i would say some amount of inertia to it like no you know you should you should stay in headquarters you should stay in the office do office work you know don't go in the field and if i ever overcame that and like would go to the field there truly were challenges i mean not just being stared at but also there wouldn't be washrooms for women for example so i i i think these experiences really really left a mark on me uh so it was i think i was probably the only one um from my new like i was the only one uh, to be uh, hired in the power division but then when i went to office when i went to my office in chennai there were of course a lot of women there and with them i had this shared experience you know everyone was complaining about this that you know they don't send us to fields uh, there are no women washrooms so it's it, it is you sort of bond uh, on that 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 you realize that this you're not alone in this there are others with you so that was you know my first uh, i would say brush with this kind of um, uh, an issue but then having stepped away from india i think uh, during my masters um, even now in the us my internship i work in the us uh, i have come across so many women in leadership positions uh, my current manager is is female and uh, you know they are amazing I, i absolutely love it and it, it's i've not had any challenges i would say again really really uh, fortunate to be able to say this but i've never observed any difference as as such uh, in you know just being a female in the workplace um i mean un is of, is of course one of the workplaces which is very very high on gender equality and has been working towards gender parity forever uh but even when i think about uh, my girlfriends from uh, nitk uh, they're all doing really different things uh, you know they some of them have are still in tech uh, some of them are doing businesses i know one of my friends who's uh, really uh, into education policy in india um I, i have a nitk senior who senior who's you know really gotten into uh, environmental sciences so everyone's really you know uh, doing different things doing things they are brilliant at and uh, while of course uh, sexism uh, pay gap or uh, gender equality is an ongoing conversation and there's there's still a long way to go um i personally think that outside india in the us and in europe it is it, it is a lot better and you know i've never come across that situation of you know 199 boys and me as the only girl um since i left india so yeah um who whichever women i speak to whatever work they're doing uh, i don't really sense that you know people are unhappy as much but of course there's of course uh, a large scope of improvement in this uh, field that was really insightful and i hope all the women listening to this podcast learn from it and uh... What advice would you give to your juniors planning to apply to a masters in management and basically changing their domain to economics or management? Yeah, that's a really lovely question. Um I'm really grateful that you think uh, I have anything to offer to this question because there's so much advice and so many resources out there to guide you through this. Um so if you don't know what you would like to do, uh, if you're somewhere in your, you know, uh engineering studies and you're a little confused you're not sure if this is the way to go i don't know what is the way to go and if you're a generalist like me i i definitely think i'm a generalist 
um, I think masters in management is a very good option. Uh, it is a way to go because uh, you know through your masters in management you can you can really learn what you're good at and learn what you would like to go into. You know, um, yeah. I think I always try to think of it as like if, if you are uh, riding a boat, you know, you're, you're and you are. Um, yeah, you're just paddling away. You're paddling into different directions. You're paddling here and there. Um, and while you paddle, you're going to find something that you like. And that's what you should anchor into. And, you know, that's how you can really make your career and, and, and have a happy life, I think, in a way. Um, Application-wise to the Masters in Management, I do think you should get started early. Always remember that, uh, you know, round one to round four or whatever, there are different rounds of applications. Always aim to uh, get your application in by round one. Uh, I mean, at least the earlier rounds of round one, round two, because that's when, you know, a major chunk of scholarships from schools are also available. Um, do get started on your GMATs early um, and, you know, keep writing it, uh, rewriting it till you hit a mark that, you know, you think this is your best score uh, because GMAT is important in your application. Um, and it, it's getting more and more competitive. I understand that. And that's why it's also really, really, really important to focus on your essays. And by that, I mean, um, you know, start getting uh, ahead of it, uh, getting resources to help you with drafting good essays, watch YouTube videos, or, you know, uh, take consulting services for it. But once you start drafting your essays, I think it's really important to also run it by others. Um, be open to feedback in that, you know, get people to read it, uh, give you give you their uh, insights on it and your inputs on it. And then, you know, you sort of incorporate what you like uh, with a grain of salt. And um, yeah, keep an eye out for scholarships and don't be shy for asking because if you don't ask, you will never get it, right? So, and there's no harm in asking. So even after you get an admission, if you if the school hasn't given you a scholarship or has given you a certain scholarship, there is absolutely no harm in, you know, asking, hey, you know, can I get more? I deserve more. Or can you please check if there's something more you can do for me? Uh, so more scholarships. And and I, in my cohort, I know so many people who did that for ESSEC, like uh, reaching out aggressively that, hey, I need a scholarship. And the school did help to some extent. So don't be shy. You're not going to lose anything once you get an admit. Um, yeah, so in general, I would also say for your interviews in your master's in management, if you're, if you're applying to a school which has an interview round, um, practice a lot. Um, there's, again, a plethora of resources everywhere to learn from um, and practice in front of a mirror, practice with your friends and uh, just kill it, you know, uh, and keep trying. And, and don't be afraid of failing because, uh, you know, while um, this interview and everything, if, if you, uh, you know, think, oh, I work at the UN and, you know, uh, things are awesome. Uh, there have been many phases where I have failed. Um, you know, there have been exams I've not done well in, aptitude tests I've given, whatever CADs at, whatever it is. Um, so, and that's okay. Uh, it's It's totally fine. So, in general, be willing to take risks. Um, you are young. Uh, there's there's very little to lose. You might think the stakes are high, but it's not. So it's okay to fail and keep trying. Um, try different things. Try different uh, fields, aptitude exams, and see what takes you where. Um, you know, if one door closes, another door will open for you. I promise. And uh, always be ready to travel outside your comfort zone. You know, don't box yourself in. Even if you're someone who's who's absolutely loving engineering. Try um, dabbing your uh, skill set and hands on different things and uh, always try to go outside your comfort zone, not just physically like travel and everything, but uh, just also, you know, skill wise. And uh, yeah, I think it's it's really, really important to have different experiences and uh, not just 
get into one thing and fixate on one thing. Uh, so yeah, uh, always remember that uh, the world is now not as big as it used to be. It's smaller. The world is your oyster. You should go around. You should experience, have different experiences, meet new people, um, and uh, make deep connections. So yeah, I think that's all I have to say. Wow, that's truly incredible. And that actually resonated with me. It was great pleasure knowing you, and we truly appreciate your your time. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me again. Um, it was really fun uh, talking about all of these different things, and I hope it'll be useful to someone. And yeah, I hope we can keep in touch. ACM is really close to my heart. It was once called CSI in my time. And uh, CSI is just, yeah, it's, it's my favorite part of NITK. That's where I met my husband. And uh, yeah, it's it's just been, uh, I've met my best friends from CSI. So yeah, I'm really, really happy to associate with you guys again uh, at ACM. And yeah, thanks for having me again. Take care.